or the, the <laughs> corn dogs. Oh my god, dying. Yeah, when these get delivered yesterday, forgot to put them in the freezer. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> they smell weird yeah they smell weird yeah but they always smell weird yeah hey uh, so the friday's up friday's up <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up Already podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Carter. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead and hit the follow, subscribe, like, bell notification buttons. Hit all those buttons. Uh, go ahead and tell a friend about us. Tell a family member about us. Tell a carny about us. Yeah. That's right. Or tell your local amusement park games people about us. Yeah. Anybody in amusement park, tell them all about us. With that. Uh, we're continuing our deep dive into indie films for the month of September. That continuation starts or continues with Adventureland. It was released April 3rd, 2009. It was written and directed by Greg Matola. Stars Jesse Eisenberg, Kristen Stewart, Martin Starr, Jack Gilpin, Margarita Lavivia, Laviva. What a cool name. Uh, Wendy Malick, Kristen Wiig, Bill Hader, and Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> this is enough. In the summer of 1987, a college grad- graduate takes a nowhere job at his local amusement park only to find it's the perfect course to get him prepared for the real world. That's bullshit. But, yeah. okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> Adventureland. This is your first time watching this movie, Alec? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's fun. That's fun. <laughs> You're welcome, bitch. Uh, this was my pick that I put on the vote list. And so thanks to our Patreon, uh, we got this uh, voted for Charles or Beta Ray Bill, as he prefers to go by for the current time being on Patreon. Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> okay. This movie could have gone on my guilty pleasures list if I hadn't known we were going to add the list for indie movies as well, because I laugh my ass off at this movie and it's really not great. Let's no. just be clear. And especially cause we just, you know, we talked about Donnie Darko in our last episode and the acting is outrageously good in Donnie Darko, even though I don't love the film. I don't enjoy watching it. This one's the exact opposite. I enjoy watching this movie. The acting is awful with the exception of a couple of moments with Jesse Eisenberg, who can be very good when he puts his mind to it and Ryan Reynolds, surprisingly enough. Um, and then the weird friend that's played by Martin Starr, Cause I love Martin Starr. outside of that. Kristen Stewart, in my opinion, is one of the worst actresses on the planet because she's the same in every movie. And she's so awkward that I'm uncomfortable, but I, I feel love like this. you should only play this type of role, though. This sure. Is, this is the role that is made for Kristen Stewart. Sure. It it fits her weird, awkward personality. And it's like this movie's like a, <laughs> it's like a, a workshop on awkward actors acting together because Jesse, and I, Jesse Eisenberg's very awkward in almost everything he does. So the two of them together are like this soup of awkward that's just outrageously uncomfortable at times throughout this movie. 
but it's just a weird dichotomy for me. Like we just got done talking about last week, a movie that I don't like watching, but has some great acting. This is a movie I love watching has terrible acting. So it's a weird transition when it comes like that. So it's just, it's really funny to me, but yeah, I, I can't wait to hear what you thought of this movie. Uh, of our picks, this has been my favorite mm. um, so far and probably will continue to be my favorite throughout the uh, whole recording. It feels the least like an indie film, while at the same time feeling the most like an indie film. <laughs> uh, because it has this, I, I think it might be, uh, you know, kind of like place uh, or environment that it's put in where it's, you know, carnival workers in the 80s. You can tell this is like, stories from the director's childhood that he yeah. grew up and he's just playing through his memories yeah so something like that straight indie film like 100 this is the director who's coming and doing it but then you add in like all of the underlying factors the going yeah. away to college um you know parents losing out on money you can't have this big trip that you want kind of all these bummer things that are happening and then it shows the dark side of carnies which yeah. would be uh, very much you could do a whole TV series on the dark side of Carney's throw in Rennie's for, you know, season two and you're golden. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So that makes it feel almost like a big budget kind of uh, big studio film. And then you throw in the actors who, you know, Jesse Eisenberg. I love love him in Zombieland. Love him. Oh, in yeah. Now you see me. Um, get him confused with Michael Sarah and Andy Samberg almost 47% of the time. Uh, Fair. But great. Ryan Reynolds. This is like what? Right? Like, this is not Ryan Reynolds. I mean, this is a few years after Van Wilder and a few years before Deadpool. Yeah. Like, I didn't know he could play a somewhat serious role. It's weird, right? Ginormous asshole, but that is what it is. Yeah. Uh, so you have kind of these bigger name actually, even Kristen Stewart this time was starting to up and coming. I think Twilight was coming out around this time. Yeah. Uh, which she starred in. So you have this group, and Bill Hader is a side cast member, <laughs> which once again makes it feel kind of like this big budget film. Yeah. You don't cast Bill Hader as this awkward general manager of uh you know adventureland yeah but it so it feels like it's towing the line almost between that indie film that true indie film and the big you know studio mm-hmm. uh, but i crack up or cracked up pretty much the entire movie oh yeah um start to finish because you have i mean even that almost opening scene right where uh, Jesse Eisenberg's going over finances for his trip to Europe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to need another $212.37. Like down to the penny. Yeah. <laughs> like because of the $963 that you guys are contributing and the $347.37 that I'm getting <laughs> from this bond or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, good. that just sets the tone for the entire. Uh, movie afterwards yeah but i mean i loved it yeah it's i love to hear that you loved it it's always fun when people enjoy it but you're you're weird like me too so Uh uh-huh it i i figured you might at the very least laugh as much as i do because you also laugh at awkward weird shit like i do um and this one 
there are some quotes in this show and some scenes like when they're sitting there making out, like the two of them are making out and the weird kid, like the guy that does like the parking lot walks up and he, they're like, Oh shit. He's scared. He's like, parks closed. Parks closed. And, <laughs> and they're like, Oh yeah. Thanks for We scared the shit out of me. Parks closed. Dad. <laughs> yeah. We're leaving it. Parks closed. <laughs> it's just, and then like the, my, but the funniest line. And I think the one that really so, cause the first time we watch this, Casey used to work at an amusement park when she was in high school. Like we have Lagoon, which is yeah. the, the Utah amusement park. And I say amusement park in the same sentence as Lagoon very loosely. I grew up in one of like the most amusement park dense areas of the country, especially when in the eighties, when I was a kid, we had, I lived in Northeast Ohio. So there's Cedar, Cedar point Kings Island, Geauga Lake, which no longer exists, but and that's creepy. Google Geauga Lake sometime and look at like the old empty home. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's fucking creepy. But we had that one. We had SeaWorld right there. We had not far off, there was a couple of Six Flags. And then, like, I mean, it was nuts the amount of amusement parks. There's a reason I love roller coasters because I rode a shit ton of them when I was a kid. But we moved to, moved to Utah and they have Lagoon and it's like, this baby it reminds me of a modern adventure land if i'm being honest because it's like this little local town run all the high school kids and junior high school kids that want to work work at lagoon in the summer okay and so casey worked and we watched it she's like i have to watch it because i gotta see right in different decades but she's and so we laugh because she would say yeah that's fucking right accurate <laughs> <laughs> and and like the the prestige of the different fucking departments, games right? or rides. Yeah, he comes in and he's like, "Why well, want to be on rides? Because rides is what you wanted to be on. Because that's where everybody's happy and excited, and that's where they want to be. Games, everybody knows, are a fucking ripoff, so nobody wanted to do it. And food's the worst because you're stuck in these hot boxes in the fucking summer with all the ovens and shit. Well, Casey was a foodie. She did all the. She was part mm. of the food stuff, but like she laughed when he comes in he's like well you look like a person that could work games and he's like well, i'd rather be on rides no 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 no. your games your games you look like games <laughs> and then like he walks out he's like oh they put you on games oh you're a fucking loser whatever it is it's just in that whole thing so that's why we watched it was because she was a carney she worked at this amusement park for a handful of years and then i fell in love with it when Bill Hader's character kept fucking yelling at people for missing the goddamn clown mouth, <laughs> like they're throwing shit away. And he's like in the clown mouth. Fuck. And then like the moment when he's like, hold this. And he gives her the mic and he, she goes, get him, get him. And I've dude, I lost it. And every time I watch it, I still lose it. Cause it's just weird, random Kristen wig, Bill Hader, greatest fucking combo and they're together and they're just making fucking weird ass jokes. But yeah, when she just dropped, get him, get him. And he's running around chasing this fucking guy around the clown garbage can. It's great. Fucking it's those silly moments in this movie that make me just enjoy the shit out of it. Yeah. And I think yeah. Bill Hader is great at that because most of those moments involve Bill oh, Hader. For God. Me. Like the baseball bat where he goes oh, after yeah. the guy who's <laughs> Just goes out yelling at him, waving the bat around. Do you uh, want to test me? Yeah. 
And then goes back in and just calm as you could be about like financials or whatever they're going over. Yeah, they were talking. <laughs> or the, the fucking corn dogs. Oh my God. Dying. Yeah. When these get delivered yesterday, forgot to put them in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> they smell weird. Yeah. They smell weird. Yeah. But they always smell weird. Yeah. Hey, uh, so the Friday's up. Friday's up. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great fucking part of the movie. It is, but it that scene should be like thirty seconds short. Yeah, but they oh, yeah. stretch it out and it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, th- I have a handful of them, but the other one is when he's he takes over the games from Jesse Eisenberg. Oh god, and he just game. goes into full carny mode. So, yeah. so I work in not amusement park industry, but I work in a fun park industry, right? So yeah. indoor fun park stuff. So every year we go to IAPA, which is this big convention. It's held in Orlando, Florida, and it's pretty much water park, amusement parks kind of come together. Huge short flow, really cool thing. But something that they do is put on classes, right? So one of the classes I went to a couple years ago, yeah, where they teach about like leadership or uh, hiring or stuff like that or how to like make team enthusiastic. So a couple years ago, I went to a course where the guy giving it was a carny. Like Carney for life. And he was Bill Hader. (laughs) I love it. Because he was talking about how he gets excited and how, you know, when he goes on a game, he'll take over a game and just go for broke. Yeah. I was I was sitting there watching Bill Hader's character. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's real. (laughs) That's so funny. I Uh, yeah. To at the point I was sitting there. Oh, my gosh, this actually happens. Like I can visualize this happening. Uh, now where you know the boss comes out and he just takes over the mic and uh, just goes for it, unleashes because if you get to that point in like you know carn carnival or even like something like the Renaissance Fair, like you're in it. Yeah, you are knee deep in this. This is what you want to do. That's um, it's not a it's not a part time summer job anymore. You are in it because you enjoy it. Um, and Bill Hader just turned it up dial all the way to 10 and went for it. And I loved it. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, and I love too. like on the flip side, you have, you have Jesse Eisenberg doing it. when like, he tries to get excited, he's just like, yeah, we have yellow and uh, he's bleeding and green, green. Yeah. Last (laughs) place. Like it's him trying to be, that was really funny as well. But like, yeah, it's just those moments, and I think that's the, the the weird thing about this movie is it's it's really kind of heavy. It's really kind of dark. There's a lot of the human condition, shitty parts of life that are explored. Like you have the cheating husband that's, but the guy that has no self confidence, cheating husband. He's like the local rock star in Ryan Reynolds, and he's sleeping with one of the girls at the park. Well, our one of our main characters, right? That creates this whole dynamic with her and jesse eisenberg's character but like you have that moment but then you have and then she is obviously to steal a quote from the movie she's the home wrecker by the end right but you know, uh, the home wrecker of a relationship that was done long before it got started and this yeah, is a guy that first girl right she was- yeah not even quite well and then, then this is a guy that like ryan reynolds character like can't even he his claim to fame is that he played the guitar with uh 
Lou Reed's or Lou something like Reed, that. but he doesn't even know the fucking actual name of his most famous song because he just uses it to get all these girls, right? Is that the and like to get the guys to think he's the coolest fucking thing ever. So it's like you have that dynamic there, and then you have this girl, like oh, what's her Lisa P. Like when she shows up and she Lisa uses back. Yeah, it's so funny. Like he's running her Lisa P's here. It's like he show she uses her dad's illness as a way to get people to pity her. And then she goes out with this dude, like and is like leading him on and talking about how she's so but it's just like there's not a good person in this movie, period. But it's so fucking funny. Because in the way that they dial up the humor in the midst of all of this human carnage is is genius writing because you can't and i think part of it comes from it's so realistic like there's a moment like when you meet his frigo his friend and like he's yelling at him about being on games or whatever and she's like do you know this psychopath and he's like yeah he used to be my best friend and then i turned four (laughs) like but then the fact that frigo's constantly punching him in the dick like i fucking die because that was my friends and I used to do cup checks all the time. Like, it's so fucking stupid. Like, we would never full-on punch people like that. Yeah. But we'd do the cup checks, and you'd get our little fucking snapback. And if you got caught wrong, fuck, it hurt. So, I mean, you watch it, and, like, the reality of what's going on. And then you hear Casey talk about and then even to your point, like, you see these caricatures that mimic real life. And you're like, and that, to me, is the kind of movie that, in a lot of ways, like I'll get enjoyable. Like I don't love when I get presented and we'll talk about this on another movie that we'll get. Mm-hmm. I don't love being presented with things that I'm like, this is too familiar. It's too uncomfortable for me to re to have to rehash and live through again. But this one's just enough absurdity mixed with just enough reality that I can see both sides and see the, the character development and the, the, storytelling around the human condition in all these different forms. I mean, you have the, the anti-Semitism that you're going on. You have the mental health concerns. You have the divorce, especially at this time in the eighties, 87. Again, you have the, the rise of divorce and the, Mm -hmm. you know, the latchkey kids and you have, you know, this is the heart of gen X right here, these kids. And so it's just interesting to see, Again, that human condition mixed with this just beautiful comedy of how ridiculous real life actually is. You know what I mean? This kid wants to go to Columbia to be a fucking one of my favorite conversations is is in the car with M and James. And they're sitting there talking about him wanting to go to Columbia University to become a writer and to write the news and do these travels books. And she point blanks ask him, why do you need a graduate degree? And he starts talking about the, you know, the boys club that is the media and the news or whatever. But at the same time, like, that's the point. Why do you need you already have a degree? Why do you need a fucking graduate degree to go write a book? You don't. Right. Uh, Anyway, it's it's that kind of like stigma, right, that you get pulled into. Um, And I even like the, you know, the kind of stereotype i guess of uh you know the the european trip changing you 
mm-hmm. right? Because he's hinging, <laughs> yeah. he's hinging his you know future on his best friend coming back from Europe, and they're going to go to Colombia together, and that yeah. falls down the drain because his best friend, his eyes were opened, and it's all about the now, uh, you know, business, business, business type of a deal. Yeah. And so you have poor Jesse Eisenberg, whose plans have collapsed in a two month time frame, mm-hmm. which, you know, that mimics real life as well. Don't make a plan because or it was it like, don't tell God your plans because it'll ruin them or something like that. Yep. Whatever. However the saying goes. So it's like, don't make plans because everything that can go wrong is going to go wrong. Oh, yeah. Or don't get so caught up in your plans as being your way out or your future or something like that. Because, you know, what's Murphy's law? If anything that can happen will happen or something like that. Yep. Yeah. So but it, it fits into everything because you have people who have their lives planned out like that. Yeah. To, a, you know, crossing every T, dotting every I to make sure that this is everything. And, you know, the kind of the sad part is some of them start when they're like five. Oh, yeah. To plan this out. And it's parents who are planning out for them and everything like that. But you never know what's going to happen. And you might end up having to work at Adventureland for the summer. Yeah. And so how does that work in your plan? And what do you do there? Yeah. Um, So I kind of liked how you have almost this flow through to by the end. He kind of realizes I have to make my own way. Yeah. I'm going to do what I can to make my own way. Yeah. Sitting around for the good to happen or. Stuff to get fixed is never going to get fixed. Yeah. Well, and I love, too, that it's kind of intimated that, and then never come out and say it, but how miserable this summer's been, right? He's working at Adventureland. He gets involved with this girl that's unavailable and in is in her own weird situation, not only with her parents and at home, but with, you know, this Mike Connell character that is really dragging her down and using her to make himself feel better, right? And then it's just an ugly triangle in this whole thing. But at the same time, when he does pick himself up by his bootstraps and he goes out and he says, fuck it, I'm going to go to New York with nothing and I'm going to figure it out. In 10 years, he'll probably look back and say, even if he and M don't end up staying together, whatever, that's the kind of experiences in life that as shitty as it was in the moment, those are the things that you look back on and go, fuck, you remember that summer in Adventureland? man, that was fucking greatest goddamn year summer of my life looking back on it. But even in the moment, it was terrible, right? Mm -hmm. That's another very relatable piece of this movie is you're looking at all of these hardships that the different characters have, right? They're in the middle of this down, the down economy of the late 80s where interest rates are on the rise, layoffs are happening, like all of this, the mini recession that was going on. It wasn't mini, the full on recession that was happening at that time high interest rates, all that shit. But, and in the moment it sucks, but those are the things that create character, right? Those are the Mm -hmm. things that build you as a human being. And so that's another piece of this movie that I love is even though I don't pay attention to that shit when I'm watching it, I'm more watching it to watch Bill Hader go running out of a fucking trailer as Kristen Wiig throws the perfectly timed baseball bat into his hand as he goes out and chases this guy down. But you can't help but to notice. And when we talk about this movie, you have to talk about the character building that happens and the life lessons that are learned and the realizations of young adult life saying, fuck shit is hard, but I need to make things happen. I need to make the most of it. And I can live through anything. 
more or less. Right. And especially, you know, being that close to that generation, I mean, they're one, two, three years off of me, you know, being mixed in with that generation, that gen X is, I relate to them and that they're one of the tougher generations. They went through a lot of shit as kids and as young adults. So it's very interesting to watch it play out in this movie. And I, and again, this is another one that we could have put on our great movies with great soundtracks because mm-hmm. it had some outrageously good music, Dude. except for Amadeus. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love how they played that one off as well, where it was like this song. I can't listen to it anymore. Yeah. But yeah, you had a great mix. You had Poison in there. Oh, um, you know, just to name one. But every single and this is another one that used it well. Yes. Right. Where it all it wasn't used for frivolous purposes. Yep. Um, like even the running joke with Amadeus was funny <laughs> because I, they play this song like 20 times a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it almost Amadeus, works as a transition Amadeus. piece, too. Right. Yep. Well, and anytime something bad was happening, it, it would go right before it happened. Amadeus would come on. Like it's, yeah, like right before he gets chased down and almost gets the shit kicked out of him, right before, when he gets the panda stolen at knife point, and they don't play it really loud, but, but you can there. hear it. It's back there, and then some shitty stuff happens. It's so interesting. I love it. I lost a panda at knife point on your first day. <laughs> Nobody wins a giant-ass panda. Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the you know, the rigged games and the story as uh, his friends walking him through it. Yeah. Like, look at this three inches. Uh, ah, nope. Can't get it. <laughs> These uh, mannequin hats, half of them glued on. Glued on. <laughs> on the Bat- basketball rim. That's banged, banged into an oval, oval shape. <laughs> yeah. Back there. It looks round up here. Decidedly not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's just silly things like that. That like, or like when he breaks the fucking uh, Matterhorn ride when he she lets him flip the switch or push the button, and Ryan Reynolds come popping out of he goes, "You really fucked this thing up." <laughs> or when he's standing there and his friend, he's talking to Ryan Reynolds and the kid pukes, and he's like, "Ah, oh, shit!" and he gets on his hand or whatever. It's just there's so many stupidly random moments that add so much depth to the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, you got a boner. James has got a boner when he gets out of the pool and he's been making out with them. And he jumps right back in. Do you have a boner? <laughs> well, that was another, like, running joke that happened <laughs> yeah. the film because it's several times. Yep. Oh, God. Apparently, there was a real Adventureland was a real park uh, yeah. located in Farmingdale, Long Island, New York. I didn't know that until just now. But yeah, Adventureland. I, it, yeah, I can't even. There's so much to talk about. So I guess that that's the last thing that I want to talk about is this is one of those sneakily fulfilling movies. Like there's a lot to this movie we talk about the comedy and we talk about some of the more this is obvious a JJ movie is what it is. <laughs> it really is. You're not wrong. Like it fit within my pattern again. Like it's on the surface. It's really bad. 
but there's a lot of really depth, a lot of real depth to the movie as well. Like when you watch it and it's so interesting because I went, what, like I said, we started watching it because Casey was a carny when she worked at amusement park. And by the time I was done, I was like, this might be one of my favorite movies period, because it's just so interesting and there's so much to it. So it's sneaky how good this movie is and yet how bad it actually is too down to a level. So it, it, yeah, it's fun. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. We ready? I don't really have much to say. I don't have I mean, much else either. Too. This movie is what it is. You know it what is. I mean? So it is definitely what it is, JJ. Yeah, it is. All right, Alec, your turn. My turn uh, to go first. You go first, oh, buddy. Boy. Okay. Let's see. So, out of the movies that we uh, picked and then had uh, Charles pick, this is by far the best one. That's fair. Um, as far as from a movie cinematic standpoint, as bad as it is, it's still the better on the list of independent films that we picked. So that tells you a little bit about us. Yeah. Um, it's enjoyable. I'm just giggled for most of the movie and even the awkward parts because of who's doing the awkward parts, Jesse Eisenberg, Bill Hader, Kristen Wiig, even even Kristen Stewart. Sure. I mean, they are all awkward actors and actresses, so it fits. Um, and then you just throw in Ryan Reynolds for Ice Down the Cake, makes it for a great movie. Um, it also has that realism to where, like we talked about, this is kind of what a being a carny is like. Um, you know, you have these guys who are pulling scams on you to win the games. Um, you have people who are upset all the time. You have kids projectile vomiting everywhere, <laughs> yeah, right on you. They'll do it. The oh, kids yeah. don't care. Um, so I enjoyed that. I'm gonna give this a four, I and I it. will definitely watch this movie again. I because the bad part or the bad that I could see in this movie was just that. It didn't always flow, yeah. Right, because of the acting, where you yeah. had these kind of hard stops, hard transitions. Um, but I mean, that's very minor to you know the beefs I had with Darnie Darko. So Fair. easy, easy for I will watch this again many, many times uh, because as downer as it is, it is still funny. <laughs> oh yeah, and so you feel better after watching it rather than feeling worse. Uh, yep. which is insane. So yeah, four for me. What do you think, JJ? Yeah, I I mean, obviously, like I love this movie. Like it's it's one of my go-tos to your point. Like if I'm having a shitty day, the irony is this is a pretty dark movie, but it's so fucking funny that this is one of those movies like if I'm having a shitty day and I need to like relax and laugh and calm down, I'm gonna put this movie on because I know that I'm gonna laugh. There's not a chance that Bill Hader chasing some dude with a baseball bat after he tried to beat the shit out of one of his employees who's high as a fucking kite on pot cookies. Like I can't, there's no way not to laugh. Right. And it's so entertaining. And yet to your point, again, it's so down to earth and realistic and there's some serious shit going on that you can relate to. It's not serious shit that brings you down. Like you mentioned Donnie Darko. You're like, God, this is depressing. This is real shit that you're so you're like, yeah, man, but you're going to bounce back. You'll figure it out. This shit sucks. You're working in Adventureland as a fucking games guy, but you got mini fucking joints. So 
it could be worse, right? Or you're listening to some good music or the guy's chasing you while breaking the laws playing in the background. Like it's just fucking, there's good shit about this movie and it is entertaining. And when I shit on it, it's because I don't like Kristen Stewart. I can't even say that she's terrible in this movie because she fits the role. It's awkward. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. She's an attractive woman. So it fits with the weird love angles and the, the sex angles that she has as well. But it's, I just don't like her because she's the same fucking person in every movie she plays. And it drives me crazy. And her weird, like faces that she makes when she's uncomfortable. Like it's just, it, I don't like her, but that's a me thing, not this movie. And this movie is very entertaining. It's very fun. It's very down and realistic. And I'm going to give it a four as well. Like there are some really awkward places where I'm like, that didn't need to be in this movie. But there's some places where you're like, this scene really worked for me. Like the at the end when the dude's shooting off, when Frigo's shooting off fucking uh, the candles or whatever, like the Roman candles, and he's like acting like he's going to war and the two very intelligent human beings are having a conversation. And finally you see Jim James grow up and he punches Frigo in the dick as he runs off. Like, I love the first full circle moments. I love it. It's Yeah, it's a four for me. And... I will definitely watch this. I own it. It's my one of my favorites to watch nice. all the time. So, yeah, it's a great one. Again, like you said, the best of the four that we're watching this month. So, it's all downhill from here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Need to break it to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, with all that said, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. Oh, happy to, JJ. Well, that's another recording in the books. Thank you for tuning into uh, our review of Adventureland. September is once again indie films, and this almost feels like it shouldn't qualify, uh, but it is also as indie as it gets. Uh, special thanks to our patron, Beta Ray Bill, for his picks this month. Uh, some absolute bangers. Yeah, way to go, Beta Ray Bill. Uh, <laughs> remember when we said it's all downhill from here? Uh, Want to get in on the next special category month? Join us on Patreon to be able to vote and pick on categories and the movies that we watch within those categories. Uh, with that, I will send it back to Jack Dunn's baby, the mauling monarch, a JJ. Love it. Thanks, Alec. Yeah. It's a fun month. Should be interesting for moving on. But uh, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic out.